I also post what I'm reading in my room. I have little posters in both my elementary and my middle school, high school library that says Mrs. Malfi is reading. And then I change those as I'm changing my books. And it's, it's fun to see the conversation that's generated by what I'm reading. Oh, hey, I was reading that I survived book. And what did you think of it? and welcome to season six of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series, Leading from the Library. This is a podcast for all librarians wherever you are in your journey. It is filled with amazing guests, important topics, and engaging conversations that will inspire, engage, and support all of us as Future Ready Librarians. I am your host, Shannon McClintock Miller. I am the district teacher librarian at Van Meter Community School in Van Meter, Iowa, and serve as the Future Ready Librarian spokesperson. I have the pleasure of working within my library and school community and also with others around the country and world through Future Ready Librarian events, conferences, consulting, writing, and more. I am honored to bring these voices and the work of others to our podcast and to all of you. And today, I am so excited to catch up with my friend, Jennifer, who is right up the road in Wisconsin <laughs> from here in Iowa. And it is so good to have you on and just to talk to you, Jennifer. We have so many things in common with our schools, mm -hmm. as you guys will hear. But let's just start by having you introduce yourself. All right. I am Jennifer Malfi. I am a 4K-12 librarian at Kickapoo Area Schools in Viola, Wisconsin. Uh, we are a very small rural school. We have approximately 500 students, 4K through seniors. Um, some may say when you are a 4K through 12 librarian that, oh my gosh, I could never do that job. I absolutely love it um, because I can go like from today, I went from working with preschoolers in 4K to the next hour of my day, I was working with high school students. And I know that's not for everyone, but for me, I love it. This is my 26th year doing this job. So um, I obviously really like this job. And um that's, that's just, my, my job is never boring. So that's what I love about it. So are you guys in one building? Like Vanderbilt? We are one building and we are very fortunate to be that way um, because that allows for a lot of collaboration between like we have some high school English classes who will go down and like read downstairs to our littles. And it, it forms such a bond that those younger students look up to our high school kids and it's it's really neat we're we're able to do a lot of cool collaborations that not a lot of schools i think can do because they aren't in the same building i know that's one of my favorite things about van meter and hagen you know he's my youngest he's been there i mean been around since he was born but he has been in school the whole time and he's a senior now and it's been so neat to see like when hagen was like in kindergarten like he got to know you know the high school like mm -hmm. kids and they'd come down and work and now the roles are reversed and hagen is such a role model being a football player, being like a great guy, like, you know, coming down and, and we have this thing on Fridays where I think they do it like 
maybe once a month, like it was more probably before like the pandemic, but they, we all do activities together on a Friday. So all of our high school kids in middle school, they have a class that they work with and they do these great like STEM activities. And Mm -hmm. it's something that our kids will never forget. And we're so lucky to be in a school that we're all under one roof and and the same with i'm i'm so fortunate and one of my favorite parts is that we have our superintendent we have our principals we have everybody there so yeah we have the same thing and i have worked um the first district i worked in was like this too a very small rural we were all in one building um the second district that i have worked in was not and we could never there's no way just where we were placed around the city, there is no way we could ever have done any of these things. And like the the one activity that I was talking about with the English classes going down and reading to the littles, um, they call them their high school buddies. And it's so fun to see the elementary kids when they'll see these um, high school kids walking through, there's my high school buddy, or there's my high school buddy, you know, and my boys are uh, freshmen and sophomore in high school now, and they still talk sometimes occasionally about their high school buddy, and <laughs> it's interesting, and it's fun. It is so neat, I know we're lucky, and like you said, we always have something different that we can do too, and mm-hmm. I think that is one thing as I looked at the things that we were going to talk about today, and just like have known you now for several years. We've been friends online and Mm -hmm. done things collaboratively together. But I think one thing that the listeners would love to kind of wrap their heads around too is what does a day in the life of a K-12 librarian look like? Like what does, what does that mean? Um, My days, like I said, are never the same. I, I start a few of my days during the week. Um, I do have a prep period, which is very, very nice. I haven't always had that, but I do occasionally have kids that come in my room at that time, but that is fine. Um, I can still do my things. Um, I'm, I have a middle school keyboarding class that I teach um, second hour every day. I love that because I'm able to like weave some technology stuff that I love to do in amongst the keyboarding that I'm teaching. So that is fun. I have a high school study hall that I have every day. Um, And then I have high school kids come in my room um, throughout the day when I'm not teaching elementary classes. And some days that's more than others. Like there are um, like my Mondays and my Wednesdays in the afternoon, I am back to back with elementary. So I feel bad at that time that my high school kids really don't get to come in and utilize the library at that time. But it's just the way our schedule works out. And the teachers are very understanding of that. Um, One thing I did implement with my students, oh gosh, this is over 10 years ago, I think, was self-checkout. And that has been a lifesaver for me because I do not have an aide in the library and I haven't for probably 12 to 15 years now. And It's just so cool where the kids can come in. They know what they need to do. If they need to come and get a book when I'm teaching, that's fine. They know what to do. They can do it. And they're on their way back to class. Um, Again, I'm also, I have other duties at school too. I am our social media director with our Facebook, Instagram, webpage. I do that for the library and our school district. Um, I'm also our high school student council advisor. So I wear many, many hats and that's how I fill my day up is with a lot of those hats that I wear. Yeah. A lot of 
And it, it's so fun because like a lot of times I love when administrators, you're obviously like viewed as a great leader within your school. And I think that that is one of the neat things too, is that you've shown that you can wear many hats and mm-hmm. that we can juggle things that we also have that skill set and also like just, you know, I always feel like, Hey, why not try it? You know, like why not right. try to, to do that? And I think that's one thing that has probably helped you so much. And I know that <laughs> that has been great within our school too. And one thing too, that I absolutely love is watching all the things that you post about getting all of your readers inspired to read. And you do things within your library that are things too that are are maybe small ideas to big ideas to things that you're celebrating. And I just want to know, like, and have our listeners hear how you inspire all of your readers. Well, I, um, one thing I am very passionate about and have been since I started this job 20 some years ago is reading. And I have had people tell me that technology is going to take over for the reading. And I find that that is something I think that is kind of getting, um, how do I say this? put along the wayside with families because they're so busy. They've got so many activities and with different, your different children that you have. And the reading is one thing that I love connecting with my kids. And that is something I will never give up. I meet with my elementary students 45 minutes a week, each class period, except for um, preschool. Preschool, I just do basically a story and check out. But I do activities. I try and do a lot of STEM activities with my kids after we're done reading. But the reading is something I don't ever want to give up. And um, I really think that's how I inspire that. I'm always trying to Um, with what I'm reading to my kids, I usually try and have other books by either that author put out on display when I'm reading and encouraging the kids to check those books out. Um, I also post what I'm reading in my room. I have little posters in both my elementary and my middle school, high school library that says Mrs. Malfi is reading. And then I change those as I'm changing my books. And it's, it's fun to see the conversation that's generated by what I'm reading. Oh, hey, I was reading that I survived book. And what did you think of it? And just the talk uh, that we get into with um, the things like that poster and such. Um, I'm also um, during COVID, I tried doing some first chapter Friday things with my middle school, high school kids, because that's a group that I kind of feel bad because of my schedule. I don't get to see as much as my elementary kids, but those kids who are readers will still make a point to come into the library. So I'm still reaching them. It may not be as directly as I would like to, but I'm still reaching them. Oh, that's, you You do so great. And I find that too, that when we are in a school that is like K-12 or preschool to 12 or whatever, that you have those opportunities too, that say you have a reader, you say you have a kid who really wants to find a book, you have those opportunities and to see all those kids, even if it's not in the library. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that is special too, about the way that our communities are set up. Yes. Yes, it is. And I know that you do things around like special celebrations and special events. Mm-hmm. 
So what are you celebrating right now? Um, actually, we just got done not too long ago with Read Across America Week. So we, um, we've done a lot of different themes for that. Last year I did, um, I kind of scaled it back a little this year because I was having, so, we, I had so many things I was going on at the same time. But last year we kind of did a traveling across the United States with minutes equaling, uh, minutes read, I should say, equaling distance to go across the United States and back again. And it was fun to see the competition for that. Um, during the month of March here, I believe it's I Love Reading Month, and I have done a March reading bingo with all of my students and their families. Um, and it's a little bingo sheet that I made up on Canva, and I just sent home with the kids. I told them it was something that was optional that they could do. And I actually had the students were just like begging me for another reading bingo since we did our um, winter break reading challenge. So that's what made me want to um, come up with something. And I thought with I Love Reading Month, that would work really good with that. Um, I also celebrate Dot Day, which I know you do as well in September. Um, it's a little harder for me because I'm just getting into the school year with Dot Day and my art teacher and I have always wanted to collaborate on something, but it just never works out because it's like the second week of school or something. And I know you can celebrate Dot Day all year round, but it's just kind of nice to celebrate it on the actual day of Dot Day. Um, in the fall around Halloween time, I have done a design a ghost character contest where there we have a ghost pattern and then the kids are challenged to turn that ghost into a book character and they've had a lot of fun with that. Um, one contest I used to do a lot, I used to do this every year and I, I guess since COVID I had um, kind of, it's gone by the wayside, but my kids have begged me this year, Mrs. Malvey, this has got to come back next year. And that's my potato book character contest. And I've always done that during Read Across America Week. And um, I decided this year to go um, the route of creating a bookmark instead of a potato character. But next year, I will be going back to the potato book characters. Um, I've also seen some posts on social media. Instead of like doing a character, some people have done like a um, a pop bottle or and I like making it into a pop bottle character. And I thought, ooh. I may try that too. Um, I have not had problems with potatoes rotting in my room. I know some people have asked me that, but I have not because I have a rule that the potato comes on Monday and the potato goes home or Thursday. If it doesn't go home by Thursday, it goes in the garbage can. So that's the way we work it. But I have had some super creative um, entries for both the book character contest that I did this year and um, the book or the potato book character contest that we have done. Um, I'm trying to think of what some other things we have done. Um, summer and winter break reading bingo, um, a children's book week display I have done and I haven't done this. Um, oh my gosh, I think I've only done this once at the school that I'm at right now. So I really need to do this again. But during children's book week, I have gotten pictures of our staff as little elementary kids. And then I have a book template and I put their picture on the one side. And then I put a picture of the book cover of their favorite book when they were kids. 
And then I turn it into a contest and have it in a display case where my students, um, basically my middle school, high school students are guessing who the staff members are. And then I've had like a Barnes and Noble gift card for them or whatever as a prize for the, um, the winners. And that's been very, very popular when I've done that too. And I need to do that again because we've had a lot of staff changeover since the last time I've done it with retirements and new staff and, and stuff like that. I'm actually doing something right now it's not library related but with senior pictures of staff members because I'm posting all the senior spotlights right now for our seniors and just the discussion around this display case has been amazing kids love seeing pictures of us when we were younger yeah. <laughs> no matter if we were elementary kids or seniors in high school yeah, that is so fun. I love it all. That is, uh, that is so great. And again, one of, you know, the best things I think about being in a library are those celebrations that we have. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things about working in a K-12 school is that we get to work with all the classroom teachers and doesn't matter if it's like we have preschool and I love working with them all the way up to our seniors, you know, our teachers who are teaching our oldest kids. And I know that you work with the classroom as well. And how mm -hmm. do you, like, like, what does that look like for you? Um, what I do is I just basically tell my teachers that I'm available to help during library time, during any other time. And a lot of times, I'm going to be quite honest, the only time I really see my elementary kids are when I have them um, because I am their teacher's prep time during that time. Um, and so what I do is try and make myself available whenever they need me and tell them I'm here to help you, help your students with resources. Um, in fact, just about a month ago, the third graders and I just got done with um, an animal research project and we used Pebble Go for that. And they each picked an animal and they were supposed to create like a Google slideshow. And one of my third grade teachers came to me and said, I just don't have time to do this project. Is this something you'd be interested in? And I love that kind of stuff. So granted, sometimes I think I bite off more than I can chew because by the time, you know, they had never used Chromebooks before. So it's getting them to log in. And that took some time. There were like the first couple class periods, that was almost our whole entire class period is getting them logged in. But once they got into the research and got into, you know, um, putting that stuff down into their Google slides and then seeing their presentations. They were so excited. And I just, I feed off of that because I love that kind of excitement and passion for what they're doing. So I just, I really try and make myself available to the teachers. And if they've got ideas, I try and play off of those and we work with that. And we do a lot of collaborating. Just, I know this sounds strange maybe, but in the hallway when I take their oh, kids yeah. back, um, that's, Hey, I've got this idea. Would this work? And and because that's when we both are available to talk to each other. I bet they ask you a lot of questions too about how to just inspire the readers within their classroom as well. Yeah, we we talk about books. We talk, and um, a lot of our elementary teachers um, have had the the posters up about what they're reading too. Our elementary principal asked us to do that, so that's generated some conversation with the kids there as well. Oh, it's so exciting. And how about families and like community? Do you, do you have a public uh, library in your town? We do have a public library, but the hours aren't real conducive to 
when our students and families can get there. Um, they're both they're both operating on such limited hours that it's it's hard. I do promote things in the local public libraries because we have um, a very, very active public library in a neighboring town that some of our students utilize, but it's not um, it's not the town that most of our, our kids are from because we're, you know, we're so rural and we've just got little little communities that we're from. And the two communities that our school is basically made up of, those libraries are open very, it's, I, it's sporadic. I mean, it's, they've got their times, but it's, it's a few hours here and there. It's not as like open all day long would be. Sounds like Van Meter. That's how Via Meter is too. Yeah. And, and I, you know, it's important for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I try and promote the public libraries as much as I can and what they're doing. But, and I understand in this, like, I try and promote the summer reading programs too, if they get me their information. And it's hard for families sometimes to get the, the students there because it just doesn't work with their work schedule in the summer. Yeah. Well, you're doing so many amazing things. I, love following all of the ways that you inspire like your readers, but also all of us. And, and I have a special place in my heart for your school because it's just like the meter. <laughs> <laughs> when I started, we had about 500 kids and we actually have about a thousand now. And so we have added on and we're getting ready to add on again to our school. But my sister is in a small school in Iowa too. And they just keep shrinking. She has I think they have around a hundred or less than a hundred now within their elementary. Um, oh, wow. And maybe like 80 kids. And so she's in a, she's a librarian too. And just in a really small school, but everybody's mm -hmm. doing great things. And Jennifer, if people want to follow the work that you do. How can they find you on social? I am on Twitter at J Malfi, J M A L P H Y. And then I am also on Facebook as Jennifer Malfi. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, my friend, for joining me. And it was just so great to catch up and hear all the great things that you're doing. Well, thank you very much for all the work you do, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's, it's just so neat to, like, hear other stories and, like, grab. It doesn't matter if you're in a giant school or a little school to grab those ideas from each other. And so I really appreciate it. Yep. So for our listeners, you're going to be able to find Jennifer's information attached to this podcast, along with resources and a certificate of professional development that you can download and fill out to use. As always, thank you to all of our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Future Ready Librarian podcast series, Leading from the Library. And a very special thank you to our sponsors, Follett. You make a difference in our libraries, schools, and within our lives and that of our students every day. We appreciate everything you do. I hope you can take what you learned in today's podcast and put it to use within your practice as a future ready librarian. Until next time, friends, keep finding ways to lead within and from your library.